0: Everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman.
1: I'm Mark Marble. And this is
0: the Lantern Cast,
1: episode 335. That's right. Uh, you want to tell them what we're covering tonight? We return to the thrilling days of yesteryear, <laughs> 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 and, and covering a story which probably is more is still probably more interesting to Chad and I than what's going on currently and had been going on in most of the books. We we are covering something we've talked about covering for a while uh, no it's not Laura Fleas it. Uh, or else we would be a lot more subdued than we are <laughs> uh, we are covering the 1995 Green Lantern Annual 4 which was part of the Year 1 initiative which was sweeping through all the DC books at the time and at some point we'll do the Doomsday Annual because we've talked about doing that too uh, but you like the Doomsday Annual. You just don't. No, it. no, oh, no just,
0: there's nothing. There's nothing to like about the Doomsday Annual. <laughs> the thing that you like about covering the Doomsday Annual is the potential for the amount of cursing <laughs> that it will be involved in covering the Doomsday. I Annual. didn't mind the
1: Doomsday. Was it the Green Lantern story in particular? <laughs> you, you, yes. Okay. Well, that's that's only that's only one of the of the many stories in the, <laughs> the Doomsday Annual. <laughs> But it's just interesting that Doomsday got an annual to begin with since it's not like he had a friggin' book. <laughs> We're gonna give you an annual. It's like uh, t- Tom Kalmaku, year one. <laughs> Alright, so uh should we give the gist of the story before we go into it or just let it play out or let it, let it kind of like flow naturally? <laughs> like your story you told me earlier. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> all right. Uh, no,
0: yeah. I mean, uh, if, if you want to tell them a little bit more about the year ones as a whole, like it, did they all sort of follow this theme of retelling in a different sort of way? Uh, without you know, before we get into the recap of the issue itself, did they all follow this theme of sort of trying a new spin on those year one stories?
1: I don't know, did they? I don't remember I don't remember anything really beyond beyond the Green Lantern one and the doomsday one. I don't know if I Oh, any. I
0: don't know. I thought I, I thought I thought maybe you did, so I just No, I'm that. not
1: sure I I know obviously they were trying to go back in, and do stories from the beginning of all these characters. I just don't I don't know if there was a a concerted effort to do massive retelling or a modified version of their origins, if that was excuse me, if that was something that was really big. Because uh, you look at the, the Doomsday one, the Doomsday was just telling, help filling in some of the gaps in Dooms in Doomsday's past that got you from you know from point A to point B. Um, right. Basically, basically that filled in a lot of the gaps, not not just from when we first saw Doomsday, but a lot of the stuff we learned about Doomsday in the Hunter Prey miniseries. All right. That would be a cool story to do, though. It's nothing related to Green Lantern. True. I love that um, I love that mini series. All
0: right, well, you want to just go ahead and jump into it, or maybe tell people why you wanted to discover this one, because this one was Mark's idea. So, I'm, well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not passing the buck, right? I'm not <laughs> Ches, assuming it's going to be Ches bad. not
1: stepping away from, from all responsibility for this episode, <laughs> but he kind of sort of... No, I, I know what you're saying. Uh, one of the reasons... Uh, this is one of the... To me, this is one of the more memorable... One of the most memorable stories from the from the the Kyle era, the, the Ron Mars era, I think it's it works for me. Obviously, it's a it's wrapped around a Parallax story, even though Parallax himself is only kind of in the beginning and the end. Uh, it is it kind of furthers the how Kyle relationship a little bit. It helps them understand each other probably better than they than they ever did up until the, this point was up to this point in their, in their history, in their relationship, and it's interesting to me because this is the first appearance of Parallax since, uh, Parallax View, when, uh, Ganthit went into Hal, and we, and we didn't want, we never really 100% got the, uh, we kind of got the gist of what Ganthit was doing in, in the Emerald, in the Parallax Emerald Knight one shot, we got a little bit of what Ganthit was doing. But, and it's hinted at here, but it's but when Ganthet did it, we didn't 100% know what the long-term ramifications or strategy was for Ganthet, like basically offering himself up to go inside, to his energy inside of Hal. But this is the first time Hal shows up and tries to basically do something. Uh, something he probably shouldn't. <laughs> has desires to do something he probably shouldn't. But this is the first time since that great Parallax View story, so... I think those are all reasons, kind of, kind of why I like it. It's an interesting, it's an interesting premise, even though the uh, the framing device is really lame for how they accomplish it. I mean, it really doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> all right, well, do you want to get into the uh, brief rec- recap of the story?
1: What am I in a time? I'm a time limit. For t- <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I just <laughs> uh, I've been saying like, do I have like, the, like I have, like two minutes or less. <laughs> I'm on
0: it. A...
1: <laughs> well. Th- good night, everybody. Uh, <laughs> okay. So now, mind you, this is how many pages is this sucker? Forty something. Yeah, I'm trying uh, to uh, see if they actually still have page numbers. Yeah, they actually do. Haven't? My God, they actually actually have page numbers somewhere in here. Yeah. Forty-seven. Yep. Yep, I was just going to say because I got to, like, page 40, 42, so. So it's, it's pretty sizable. It's a nice, nice square back, not a round back, a square back. <laughs> so we begin with Parallax. Uh, now, I have to stay right off the bat. The artwork to me, for me, in this issue is pretty lame. <laughs> Kyle looks okay. Basically, anybody in a regular Green Lantern uniform looks okay. But all the stuff, but Parallax doesn't look good. Hal uh, in the... Kyle costume, which just seems unnatural to begin with. Maybe that's part of it. <laughs> I just, I don't think this is. I don't think the art is great. Uh, so right right off the bat, I, I have to point that out. But we see a nice nice splash page of Parallax. We have no idea what's going on until, of course, we turn the page, and we see, uh, which is kind of uh, kind of a cool moment when Parallax is looking at a picture of of Alan Scott and Hal because he's in because he has showed up in Alan Scott's apartment. Just convenient Alan Scott has that out <laughs> as opposed to boxing it away with all the other Hal memories <laughs> uh, so hal's real plan was to show up and do what he, and accomplish his secret mission here without Alan being around so he didn't want to disturb Alan he didn't want to fight Alan, but of course you don't always get what you want, and what Hal really wanted was to steal Alan's power battery now, and he accomplishes this and he leaves, and Alan's just kind of like left there holding the bag, and nothing else. We cut over to Radu's. Hey, Radu appearance. Uh, no, we're going.
0: We're going to Radu Coffee,
1: not Radu's. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, according to the spelling error here on the on the on the banner over the, the, yeah, the window. Yeah, i
1: know, I'm just, I'm, <laughs> But we know him as Radu. <laughs> so Donna, hey, Donna's the one you like, right, Ka- right, Chad? <laughs> Compared to uh, Jade.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I'll never forgive that cheating tramp. <laughs>
1: jade you ignorant slut uh but nonetheless but this but this is this is donna so donna and kyle are obviously they're having coffee uh and they're chit-chatting kyle has an assignment to do for work and he's kind of like procrastinating as people who are creative tend to do and donna kind of like doesn't really allow him to do this by saying well you know I'm, i'm gonna i'm gonna leave i'll i'm gonna let you get back to work and we're going to touch base tomorrow call you know call me call me later and everything else and Kyle gets to you know Kyle gets a couple of coffees to go I like Radu's statement like how can you even taste my coffee with all that sugar
0: <laughs> I was expecting a like a that's the
1: point jab or something <laughs> and then Radu beat the shit out of him <laughs> So now we cut the Warriors where for the 55th time guy probably repaired this place you, you would think nobody would ever insure any any establishment named Warriors owned by Guy Gardner ever. <laughs> the track the track record is pretty bad. Uh, so Guy's looking in his display case of the uh, fake Kilowog along with his power battery, foreshadowing, and he's kind of lamenting near the death of Kilowog in the court. and 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 the glass of the case. Uh, Gardner sees parallax appear, and you know Guy's like going all Voldarian because this is Guy Gardner Warrior days before you know pretty much before hal does anything guys ready to guys ready to go after him Kyle, uh, hal, uh, hal makes it pretty clear he's just you know he's really not there to fight all he wants is the power battery and what's the point of even fighting over it since you have you have no use or need for the battery but i do so hal blasts guy he takes the battery he disappears and it looks like by luck of the draw only minimal damage to, to warriors <laughs> <laughs> He might be able to pay out of pocket for this one. So Kyle, Kyle's you know trying trying to do work, if you can call it, draw, drawing kind of like dirty pictures of Donna doing work. Now she's dressed, but they're like pinup. They're pinup dirty, not not naked dirty. Kyle's pretty exhausted. He he, he feels like he needs to go get some fresh air. Hal shows up at one, uh, one of the Ferris uh, testing grounds. He he puts the two power batteries down. Alan and guys, and he basically starts recharging himself with the two power batteries. At this moment, Kyle, who pretty much had decided he needs to go out for like a midnight flight here because he needs to clear his head and focus, yada yada, he tra- presses his ring against his power battery, and lo and behold, Duex Machina! <laughs> they end up switching bodies! Know, they switch positions in, in, in each respective timeline pretty much. Hal becomes Kyle becomes Hal, and Hal's uniform. Hal becomes Kyle in his uniform. And now we get to the, the the title page. Shared lives! Should I read the creative team? Which is kind of funny because I realize my, pay, my my title page is kind of fading. Uh, Ron Mars, writer, Kevin Ferreira. That's interesting. He's plot, but Kevin Ferreira did the dialogue. So essentially, I guess they both co-wrote this. Uh, Tom Greinberg and Joe Phillips did... Or the Pencilers, Bill Anderson, John Lowe, and Dexter Vines inks. Gene D'Angelo colors. Chris Iliopoulos, uh, Iliopolis probably probably Iliopoulos. 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 That's right. I left out a letter. Uh, uh, Eddie Berganza, Chad's best friend, is the associate editor, and Kevin Dooley. Yes, this was back during the Dooley days. He is the editor, the group editor. So here we are. Uh, Kyle, we see Kyle in Hal's uniform, and he kind of looks pretty decent in Hal's uniform. But he also did in Green Lantern, what, fifty-one? <laughs> and he's containing this—he's kind of containing a, nu- a nuclear explosion. He has, which is kind of a weird thing to do—to take over right in, to swap right in the middle of this, and still be able to maintain enough willpower to contain it. We find out that the explosion was, you know, oh, oh, this this tricky invisible destroyer—he's the one behind all this. And, you know, Kyle is getting a crash course on Hal's weird, kind of clunky, old-school villains. And, of course, curse you, Green Lantern! (laughs) I lied. Did he really say that? I like that. Uh, Kyle, like, really is trying to understand what the hell is going on, but doesn't really seem overly concerned by Invisible Destroyer. Which actually seems to be justified, because kyle cages him pretty quickly he blasts him with some sort of gun and that pretty much turns invisible destroyer into into a visible non-destroyer who who kyle kind of like a ball gags there in his mouth and pretty much uh captures him and then he goes you know I, I have a lot of thinking to do i mean how old old costume wearing his old ring and it's like in his old city it's like uh if this is going on here what what must be going on th- and then Hal wins, and let's be honest, Hal wins the better of this. He gets the better of this deal, because <laughs> Kyle, Kyle became Hal, containing a nuclear explosion. Hal becomes Kyle, making out with Alex, which I guess is payback, considering what we know happened down the road, right? <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get to that later on, because that fact, that pseudo, that pseudo factors into the story too. Uh, Hal doesn't know what's going on. He kind of, he kind of sorta recognizes. Yeah, Alex at some point because of because of what Kyle told him because he realizes number one he's wearing Kyle's costume and he has Kyle's ring on he's just trying to clear his head he doesn't he really has no idea what's going on Alex goes to slip into something comfortable and comes out barely dressed what do you, what, what do you say what do you say to that chat uh, insert <laughs> uh
0: that, that's Lady not a June's good Coyote that, whistle here I was
1: going to say insert's probably not the best first word to go with <laughs> but uh she's wearing she's wearing a nighty a negligee she's and it's I mean to be fair there's a decent amount of fabric but there's a hell of a lot more skin showing than there's there's fabric and I like I love the look in Hal's face when he kind of realizes what she's wearing but because Hal's really confused and I guess there's a little bit of Maybe there's a little bit of gentleman left in Hal in this mess. He's kind of like, no, 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 uh, I I really, I think I have a fever. I don't think this is appropriate. I'm going to get some sleep. And he goes, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And she's like, uh, not even a good night kiss. And then he gives her this kiss on the forehead. And I just love the look of <laughs> – she's just so ab- – it's like, what the hell was that? And Hal's like, oh, talk to you tomorrow. And Hal gets out of there and is like, "What the hell is going on?" You know, it's like he's looking for answers, and it's like, you know, I, I, I took the, when I took those power batteries, I wanted more power, and not this. It's like I have to go someplace and figure this all out. Kyle, meanwhile, is doing the same thing out, you know, at the, you know, at a, off sitting on a, on a cliff near the coast of Coast City, trying to figure out what's going on. And then it's like, uh, he's trying to figure out, hey, there's got to be a, you know, I, I need a, ba- you know, if if How, this is Hal's life, and when he was Green Lantern, that means his battery has to be floating around somewhere. So Hal goes to Ferris Aircraft, and he almost gets hit by a plane. He kind of like uh, is planning to try to go, I guess, look for the battery first and foremost. But he kind of get runs into Tom. Yeah, you know, Tom. You know, Tom's kind of funny with that. Uh, uh, I should say Kyle's more funny when he goes, "Hey, did I miss a date or something?" Maybe Kyle always remembered this. <laughs> maybe he didn't completely forget, which would make sense because they did because they weren't mind wiped in this end of the story. So, so maybe he always had a. This is when this is when he first had lust in his heart for Carol Ferris. <laughs> you bastard! Uh, so, so Tom kind of you know Tom acts to Kyle like he would to Hal. He kind of gives him the gives him the head out to Kyle looking for him, and and, and you better watch out because she's not in a good mood. Kyle tries to be smooth and in his own way, his own way, kind of like, he is kind of like bumbling in a little Hal-like way trying to deal deal with Carol. And this is when, the interesting part of this is that this is when apparently we're supposed to believe Kyle first learns that Hal's real job was a test pilot. (laughs) So, uh, he goes into the the, the pilot locker room, he gets, he finds Hal's locker, he finds the power battery, and that kind of makes him happy meanwhile we we switch to Hal. Hal's kind of, kind of like floating, you know, he's kind of like floating on a, you know, on a, on a rock there. He that he made a green construct rock kind of like pondering and it's like a, you know, I it's like a, I just have to figure out what to do about Alex because you know, he's kind of he's kind of happy now he that he's Green Lantern. It isn't what he wanted, you know, the way he wanted to go about things, but he is Green Lantern again. So, Hal's kind of like willing to try to make this work. He shows back up at Alex's apartment and he shows up Probably about 30 seconds before she gets fridged. <laughs> 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 so, at this point, we really don't know if she's alive or dead, but she is in one piece, and she is outside the refrigerator. <laughs> but Hal being Hal, you know, you he kind of like lays into major force, you know, pretty heavily. Uh, did Kyle make the same construct with that bazooka against major force? Because it look, kind of looks really familiar to me.
0: I will pull up my old issues and check.
1: Yeah, cuz I so, cuz something about that looked familiar to me and, and it just made me think that maybe Kyle used the same thing. But uh so Hal lays into Major Force pretty easily. Uh you know, he Major Force busts out a one construct, but Hal's, a, Hal's able to contain him, which would make sense cuz it's Hal, you know, so his will is going to be he's going to be able to use that ring pretty well. Plus we know we can use that ring cuz it is his. He goes he goes to check on Alex. Alex is alive. It makes Hal very happy. Alex is like, "Oh, I owe you so much." <laughs> Major Force is kind of funny. All this affection is making me ill. And this is he 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 introduces himself as Major Force when the, when he, you know she asks like, "Who is he?" Uh, and Major Force now we see Major Force brought the fragment along, and that's when Hal's able to figure out pretty quickly, maybe because of that parallax energy, maybe just. Getting the vibe, his connection to Ol, one of the two, but he realizes that that chunk of that chunk of ore pretty much is a power battery, and how, when he holds it in his hand, it forms into a Kyle, essentially Kyle's battery. Uh, Kyle recharges, you know, Kyle, you know, pretty much wants to recharge his ring, and right at that point, uh, a hologram of the Guardian. A guardian comes to him, Great Lantern Kyle Kyle Rayner of twenty eight fourteen and he gives them this big spiel about this microorgan organism that basically needs containing on around Coast City and I just I do really like the pose of Kyle just against the locker, like listening to all this. Like, I don't really care. <laughs> and the and the Guardian is being typically classic douchey guardian. So that, and, you know Kyle literally blows you know, blows the Guardian off. He flies off he takes he takes Hal's battery, flies away you know, Kyle, uh, Carol and Tom seem fly away, and of course you have to get the requisite comment by Carol. Like, now there's a man I could go for. <laughs> Any man with a ring, apparently. <laughs> now I like this one. Hal's trying to figure out what the hell he's going to do with his life here, with Alex hovering over him. In the meantime, he's he still has Major Force completely chained up. Major Force keeps, you know, flapping his gums, and of course Hal just puts the muzzle on him. And then he realizes, you know. Hal really seems torn about what to do, and eventually Hal says, "You know, I, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna stay here. You know, this, this, this timeline needs a hero. It needs me. All that kind of thing." Meanwhile, Kyle decides, you know, he he's, he he rolls the dice basically because he remembers what he did before everything. You know, when Kablui. He goes to recharge his ring. Hal goes to recharge his ring. You have a nice split panel of them doing this, and of course, in the moment that that happens, everything gets returned back to normal, except Hal as Parallax and Kyle now are at Alex's grave. Uh, convenient. Uh, Hal. Tried. Well, I mean, I I don't think it took them back
0: there. I think they just it took them back they, to their spots, and, and they, they both they, met they there. both
1: went back there. Yeah, it, it, you you're, yeah. you're probably correct. I'm just I'm just saying that it, it it is kind of a jumping off point considering where they were. Uh, yeah. But either way, yes, they are they may, probably probably drawn by um by their connection, of what they just what they just experienced. That they end up convening at uh, Alex's grave. Hal tries to comfort uh, Kyle a little, which seems genuine at first about the fact. Number one, you know what a, what a good girl you know what a what a great girl she was. And just the idea that, uh, you know, he even tries to point out that, hey, you know, I was, uh, you know, I, I was there to say, you know, I, I, saved her. And Kyle points out, well, you really didn't, did you? Because here she is. And it's like, you know, some, it's like, you know, things, it's like uh, some things pretty much you can't mess around with. And of course, that doesn't sit well with Hal. And he goes, no, and thing, things do change. And this is when you kind of get a little allusion to, to what's going on with, uh. With the Gansett influence, like yeah, it's like I it's like a, something's like something's holding me back. It's like once I'm in more control, I'm, I'm gonna make things change. Coast City, maybe even Alex, and of course that pisses Kyle off. And Kyle and Hal's like, you know, you'll do nothing. Rest assured, I will overcome what's holding me back, and I'll be back. And and Hal flies off. Uh, a green rose is left at Alex's grave. And thus ends the annual.
0: That's right. So. Uh, I sent you the uh, what you're thinking of when you think of bazooka, and Let me go take it's, it's, oh, it is it. literally the cover.
1: Oh yeah, you're right. It is the cover. What you do it in sky? Oh, you did it in you did it in uh, Facebook. That's what. Right. That, that's what the beat was.
0: It's a cover of uh, 54, I think, right? Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that would make sense. Uh, And another uh, interesting tidbit, um, Kyle uh, is inserted into Hal's past um, in the middle of fighting the Invisible Destroyer. That story takes place very early on in Hal's career as Green Lantern, so uh, early on in fact. Showcase number 23, before there was even a Green Lantern title, we're still in the midst of Green Lantern being a thing in the DCU, so... Showcase number 23, don't forget, Showcase 22 is where Hals was first introduced. So literally the second issue uh, of Hals' adventures in the DCU, uh, The Invisible Destroyer. And that's further confirmed by the fact that The Guardian says that a microscopic being um, was exposed to cosmic rays and is now gigantic and destroying the city. When he tells Kyle that, that takes place in Showcase 24, so we're right here in at the end of tw- uh, of Showcase 23, beginning of Showcase 24, uh, in terms of Hal's timeline. And as far as Kyle's timeline, it's pretty self evident <laughs> uh, where that takes place at the very beginning of his. So just a couple issues after his first appearance as well. So we're, uh, with the with the bazooka we just mentioned, we're talking Green Lantern 54, 53, right right around there. Indeed. Um, I, I agree with you on the art. Uh, it looks weird in some places, but I do appreciate certain things. Um, uh, the women look great. Uh, with, I mean, obviously Alex is put in an overly sexualized uh, 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 outfit and everything, but they still look great. Like Carol, you know, she's very well formed, and there's nothing really wrong about her. There is a weird. There's one weird panel where. It's like a close-up of her face that looks really off. It might be like the angle or something. I'm not sure. Um, but that looks sort of odd. Is
1: that the Pronto panel? I think so, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I – I, we don't see that much of Carol really in this issue. But I, I don't think – I don't think Carol looks that good. I mean, I think – I mean, her fig, figure-wise, sure. But I think her face always – and pretty much every panel, her face looks weird. And even, even when – she makes that. Uh, now there's a man I could go for. I mean, even even that doesn't it doesn't really look like Kyle. I got it you.
0: Looks well, like Kyle.
1: Excuse me. Looks like Carol. I hope it doesn't look like Kyle, but it doesn't really look like Carol either. <laughs> the,
0: but the artist definitely is putting in some work here because like at, you you can see this uh, in the very first page. Uh, yes, I agree with you. Parallax, Allen they all look sort of weird. The long, veins in their face. necks. and Long, long yeah,
1: faces, long faces. Yeah,
0: and veins in their necks and all that stuff. But on that very first page, look at Parallax's shoulder. The guy bothered to sketch in a distorted reflection of Hal on his shoulder pad.
1: Yeah, that is – that you were correct. That is a nice touch.
0: So, I mean, the backgrounds are really well-formed. A lot of stuff in, like, Kyle's apartment and, you know, all things around Ferris – uh so that's that's uh, I, although I don't particularly get behind in like really champion this artist and what they're doing here in this book it's serviceable enough to where it's not distracting me but there's if I want to pick it apart I can um and but uh I think the story-wise I, I I really enjoyed it um uh I, I don't have any context for it i, I Other than, of course, where it's supposed to happen within Parallax's story. Like, we we get that. But in terms of, like, what all the year one annuals did, what was happening at the specific time this was published in the Kyle Rayner run, it is annual number four, uh, Green Lantern annual number four. So I'm just trying to figure out where that would be publishing history-wise, what was happening in the main title at the time. Um but, uh, I mean, it's, it, it does what I think an annual should do, and the reason I say that is because this is actually what annuals were supposed to be back in the day, and whenever we complained about annuals these days, we're actually referring to this specific timeline, and this is a great example of it. Annuals should be one-shots. They should not be an extension of whatever current ongoing story arc you're trying to tell. Uh, I, I've never liked that idea. I've never liked, like, hey, hey, there's an annual coming up. We can use this as an exercise issue to end the current story arc we're on or as an extra sort of way to tell part of the story we're already telling. I like the annual one-shots. They could have been, like, when they did the Elseworlds thing. They could be, like, when they do JLA, or it could be, like, this year one thing. It could be, like, one of my favorite annuals when they did the uh, the Ghosts annuals. Uh, which I think was just the year before this right 1994
1: It might have been
0: I think it was 94. it's really close to, it was like 93 or 94. Um, I really enjoy the ghost annuals. Um, like the, a themed annual is fine if, if, if like all the annuals are doing something but it doesn't have to be an ongoing storyline tied into the current title. It can it needs to be its own thing. An annual, you you think like the word annual is supposed to be like a celebration, right? It's you know an, another year of storytelling. So let's give you one little bonus story. And I just, I don't know. This is, I think this is like a perfect thing. It's 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 a. You know, it's it's almost like a whatever happened to Parallax <laughs> sort of story. We're just giving you a little bit more. It's it, if if it if you really want to be crazy about it, and here's how it could have fit in to the story. But otherwise, it's really sort of loosey goosey, and it's just a fun little story. It the, there's really no lasting consequences for it. The timeline wasn't really changed as a result of it. It's sort of a one and done.
1: Now, when you're talking the ghosts, you're talking the Necron stuff
0: yeah that was necron for the green lantern issue and there was there was a flash and a jla there was a martian manhunter one yeah, that all that
1: stuff the, that was after that was that oh, it way. was after 96 yeah. it says 98 actually from what i found 98 yeah it says, okay it was, it was number seven it was Green, oh, green lantern wow number seven
0: man i'm way off <laughs> it's been a while since i did i champion that ghosts crossover with all the blogs um but yeah, uh, that, uh, this really accomplishes what I think an annual should do, and it's a really great example of of that. Uh, I, and I think that's something I even mentioned when we covered that Wonder Woman annual for the Star Sapphire story. Is it part of what's happening within the Star Sapphire w- within the Wonder Woman stuff and the DC metal and all that other stuff? Sure, but is it like pivotal? Like, did they did they make it this this big thing? Uh, involved with that? No, it's it it's still its own self-contained thing. It's the closest annual I've seen to doing what these '90s annuals did back in the day.
1: That's true. That's a good point. Uh, it is good that it is good. It's a self. It is a self. It is a, self, it is a self-contained story. Um, but it, and it does. I'm trying. I'm. And see when was when was Parallax View? Was that ninety It was '94. That was ninety four. So a year sure. before this. Yeah, so because yeah we they cause we really didn't see we really didn't see Hal for a while, so it kind of makes sense. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. So, but yeah, those there so there there are multiple. It's kind of funny. I mean, you're looking at the cover. The, the cover. I mean, the Carol Ferris we see on that cover looks nothing like the Carol Ferris in the issue. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. I like and I like the fact that we get to see we we see Donna in her uh, what Dark Stars uniform, right? Yeah. Mhm. And it's and that's supposed to be what Mongol. Is that Mongol on the bottom? No, it's Major uh, Force. Looks like yeah. I, was just- I think it's supposed to be Major Force. It does, but that but the hair looks, looks kind of odd. But yeah, it's it was it was it's a fun it's a it's a fun issue. It's one of it's 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 one of the ones I, I definitely wanted to. Uh, I've wanted to do for a while, so I'm kinda of glad that we finally we finally had a we finally had a opening in the schedule to do it. Yeah,
0: and uh I mean I, I I really enjoyed the the efforts they went through to keep things even though it's inconsequential in terms of like, you know, time isn't changed as a result. The stuff they did, the way Alex's apartment looks, the way the, the Green Lantern power battery is still this sort of green shard thing that then morphs into the battery, you know, stuff like that. That's, that's pretty consistent. Uh, I really enjoyed that. So, yeah, that was pretty good. But uh, one thing I wanted to point out, unless you have something else to say about the story, um, is stuff in the letters page.
1: Sure, let's do that. Actually, Parallax View was also 95, so it wasn't really that big a gap.
0: Oh, okay so the letters page uh, there's one thing in the particular I want to talk about but um, dear editor could you put the Ray in Green Lantern <laughs> and they say sorry uh, but no team ups are scheduled with the Ray yet but definitely take check out upcoming issues of extreme justice blah 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 so <laughs> wasn't there that one one shot with Green Lantern and the Ray it was something that we were going to do at one point
1: I think so I think there was something in that vein
0: so just as this is a tease for something coming down the line, not really, which is foreshadowing, <laughs> that's why I brought it up, maybe we'll, maybe we'll do Green Lantern in the Ray at some point in the future, guys. You never know. And this is me not committing to a date <laughs> on that.
1: Maybe we will, people. But then again, maybe we won't. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but one thing I thought was cool was this letter here. It says, uh, Dear Mr. Dooley, I have a question with regard to the Green Lantern mythos that has been on my mind for a while. It concerns the source of Alan Scott's power. In Green Lantern 19, the origin story of Alan Scott, it is stated that Alan's battery was originally the battery of Yalan Gur, a Green Lantern of Sector 2814. In that story, it is readily apparent that Yalan got his power from the Guardians, who, incidentally, changed the composition of the energy to make it vulnerable to wood. In Green Lantern 55, Alan says his power is derived from a different source – than that of the Green Lantern Corps. It seems to me that Alan's power still comes from Oa, even if the makeup of the power was altered. Does the origin story in Green Lantern 19 still hold true, or has it been revealed that his power does in, does, does indeed have another source altogether? I'm a bit confused. Please straighten me out on this one. Kevin M. Easter in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba.
1: Oh, hope he's <laughs> just visiting.
0: <laughs>
1: so... Uh,
0: The answer? Okay, yeah, it does get weird with Alan's powers, even now that he's internalized them as Sentinel. But what you read in Green Lantern 19 still holds true. The fact that Hal is able to use his power battery is proof of that. As we explained in the late lamented Green Lantern Quarterly number 7, Yalinger's essence and his power ring became merged with the power of the Starheart Meteor, the Starheart being the essence of ancient magic that the Guardians had trapped in order that the universe would follow the normal laws of physics. This magic, this magic, a, a fragment of it in a meteor, was drawn to the power that originally trapped it and sought to create a champion to battle the darker magic that had grown within the Starheart. Thus, in more ways than one, Sentinel gets his power from the Guardians – But it's now mutating into something more. So, that's for anybody out there who was ever confused by Green Lantern number 19 and the changes to Alan's origin and the way his powers worked and all that other stuff.
1: And now you're even more confused. (laughs) Now it's going, Dooley!
0: (laughs) I just thought it was interesting that that's where an official sort of answer came rather than like in maybe like the main stories or something. Maybe, Maybe someone asked a similar question after 19 came out and that. Appeared in the letter call pages of Green Lantern twenty or twenty two or something like that. But just thought I'd bring it up because I know that when people talk about Green Lantern nineteen, some people still have questions about how that reconciles with what we knew from like the Golden Age and stuff like that.
1: But, but ironically, the, uh, the the uniqueness of Alan's battery is about the only thing that makes any gives makes any kind of sense in the story of why we charging at the same time would do anything. <laughs> <laughs> really, I mean, it's a, it's really is a stupid uh, mechanism or framing device to get, accomplish what you want to get accomplished. But under the under the guise of well, Alan's battery is is his power is more magic based, and that, that's how that's how you can get away with it. That somehow the energy is kind of sort of the same, which is why Hal's able to power, get some power off of it. But you know, it's not nice to fool with Mother Nature, that kind of thing. And look what happened. <laughs> Other than that, it really makes no sense whatsoever because it's like, because we all know in the history of the Green Lantern Corps, people had to be recharging their batteries at the same time in different places before, <laughs> 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 or recharging this from the same battery at the same time. Shit, why are you wearing my underwear? Sorry.
0: Maybe, maybe, maybe it could have benefited from something weird like an extra panel of like some sort of villain or something like snickering. You know what I mean? Like. This this would almost make sense if like Green Lantern had its own Mister Mitzxpidelic, you know what I mean? Like if 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 we had our own little imp that just like screwing with people. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, I would have been content if we had a little a little, little picture of Ganth going no,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh the hell, Ganth.
0: That's not how this works. That's not how that any of this works. Work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's not how recharging your ring works I not how any of this works
0: <sighs> alright well was there anything else about this you wanted to talk about I mean I know we're excited to cover it it's definitely a great story but I'm just not sure it's a pretty straightforward story so I'm not sure how much there is to actually unpack
1: uh, I'm just trying to make sure there isn't something that
0: I don't think so yeah I mean, I was like scanning the backgrounds for any sort of like shout outs, but the shout outs here are more like the context and and the details of of the story being told you know Alex's apartment, ferris air like those are just trying to get the details right instead of like small little Easter eggs or shout outs
1: that is true um. Yeah, I just, I just, it, it's, it's like you said, it's a pretty straightforward story, but it, is, but it, is, but it is a fun story. So it was something that we had wanted to do for a while, and now we've gone and done it.
0: Yeah, if you're looking for a fun Green Lantern story, um, you know, like I said, we both, we both said it. We're not particularly huge fans of the art, but the art isn't so bad that it's distracting. It's just if if you spend any extra time trying to really pick it apart then you might run into some problems in it with it, but it's definitely serviceable art and that sounds sounds borderline rude to say it that way but I mean it really is I mean it's not fantastic there are a couple of pages um, the the close-up of like Hal and uh, Alex kissing that's a good that's a good uh, solid panel the the split page of them both recharging again that gets them back into our universe is or whatever is. Uh, is, is a good page. Like So there's there's definitely great moments.
1: Guy looks pretty good, for the most part.
0: Well, yeah, for the one page he appears on.
1: <laughs> he appears on two.
0: <laughs> Killowog looks weird. <laughs> I
1: don't know, I don't think Kilowog looks that bad. <laughs> like, I don't think he looks that bad. The pa- uh, His power battery, Guy's power battery looks the worst.
0: Yeah, and speaking of, why is Guy keeping his power battery... In a glass case in a public place.
1: <laughs> well, nobody would think it's real.
0: Uh, maybe, but I mean, come on.
1: I see, I don't know. I I think we can. I could see that one. I could see that one because everybody else would just. They people would just think it's a prop. They would just think it's a prop. And let's be honest, it's not like anybody had something that. It's not like the average person coming in in there would have anything that would bring that thing to life to prove that it wasn't. <laughs> hey, I have these fifteen rings. Can I, oh. <laughs> no. I guess I think it's still I think what's more interesting is still debatable that it's still debatable a lot very very debatable actually that a guy's battery would have any juice left in it because of because the individual power batteries get their power from the main from the central power battery and we know the central power battery is gone Alan's battery is different. Alan's battery having power, I don't see that being a major problem. Why uh, Guy's battery would still have enough to to charge rings off of? After all, I guess you could make the case since he has had no use for it that it, it maybe it holds its charge really well. So once once it drains completely one time, you it won't get any more juice. But maybe it maybe it just holds its the power that it had. For a long time, I guess that would be the out is that it holds its charge for a long time. So just like the way when ha- in Emerald Twilight, when Hal was making the point that you know he he had basically had a, he was going to al- he was going to allow like all the green lan- he had allowed all the Green Lanterns to basically k- still keep their charge, you know that that uh, they still had their energy, but eventually you know they were going to be screwed when the time came when their batteries when their rings ran out because they were going to have nothing to charge from anymore. They couldn't recharge their rings, so so. I guess it depends on. Uh, I guess it depends on you on on your take there. So, but that's one of the things that kind of struck me to begin with. It's like, why would his battery even have power left in it? But maybe it just holds a charge really long. I mean, it, it isn't it, in, in comic book time, in, even in real time, it hasn't been that long since Emerald Twilight, and in comic book time, it's even less than that. So, I guess you could make the case that they probably they probably they do maybe hold their charge a lot longer.
0: That um, yeah, makes sense. All right. Uh, well, if there's nothing else, you want to tell people how they can reach out to us?
1: The email is lanterncast at gmail.com. That is the easiest way to contact us. Not that you people have been doing it lately. <laughs>
0: yeah, we. I was just actually thinking about that today. Uh, by the way, uh, over on the LanternCast website, I was just as background sorter to the story. Uh, I have been spending some time today. Uh, if you go onto the main website, across the top, there's a bunch of little links like an About Us and all that stuff. There is a link that says guest appearances. I will spend some time updating that today. It's not 100% updated. I need to get with Mark. I need to get with Jim, get like a complete list of all the places they've appeared on. I know all three of us have appeared on Corwin's EMX podcast. Um, so there's that. But in terms of like some of the past appearances, like before before they handed the reins over to me and you – Like, when did we, when did Jim appear on another show? I know Jim did at least one guest appearance on some other show. So I'm going to be slowly updating that, just as part of me getting into some sort of a groove while I'm looking for another job, just so I can keep busy, have a project, rather than just being sort of aimless, (laughs) you know. You know, at the end of today, I want to accomplish this. So that's sort of me messing around on that. But there's there's more than just one thing under that link now. So keep checking the website on that spot, but I was like just as I was messing around on the website looking at some comments that hadn't yet been approved, which is all nothing but spam and you know, and various proxies trying to get sell their junk and all that stuff. Like I was just thinking, I check my email every day and the Lanterncast email and both my personal emails are connected to the mail app on my iPhone and I haven't seen anything other than junk. Sent to the Lantern Cast email in a long time.
1: Yeah, we're in a slump, people. Well, you're in a slump. Hopefully, we're not in a slump. Maybe we're, maybe we're all in a slump. <laughs> they're,
0: they're sick of our, our commentary tracks on things that aren't Green Lantern.
1: <laughs> Speak, speaking of commentary tracks, uh, since you since you proudly proclaim of uh, having all these. Pretty much every Marvel movie. We should actually pick a couple that we both have and do do some more commentary tracks. It'll keep keep us sane at least.
0: Or maybe we can do commentary tracks in some of our favorite movies.
1: Yeah, that's true too. We have have other options. And I know Corwin and I have talked about doing Prometheus since we did Alien Covenant to do Prometheus. But yeah, it's not just because it's a relative – commentary tracks are fun to do. I mean, so that's the main reason why. It's
0: easy. And easy.
1: Well, I was trying to avoid. that I was going to tie that in, but the whole preface was that it wasn't just because it was easy. <laughs> now you know why Chad likes doing them. <laughs> but, but yeah, it it doesn't require a whole lot of legwork or a whole lot of uh, prep work. Maybe a little bit, depending on. I mean, you if, got to if, watch the movie again. Well. Besides that, if if you know there's points you want to discuss, then then you kind of make you probably kind of make notes, or or you can make notes just so you don't they don't slip by the wayside. But yeah, it's not like you have to read like five issues or something. So, uh, but yeah. Um, so
0: uh, but you were telling people where they could reach us. I'm I, sorry, I wasn't
1: sure if you were if you were if you were done with that. I did. For, yeah, I'm done. I remember where we were. I just wasn't sure if you were. So if you haven't if you if you felt chastised enough, good. <laughs> Uh, website is lanterncast.com needless to say that's where you find pretty much all our stuff is there twitter and facebook we're on both hashtag GLcast to find us on either of those iTunes and Stitcher Maybe Spotify, eventually, but still, iTunes and Stitcher, whichever platform you listen to us on, or both, if you do listen to us on both, if you're that much of a glutton for punishment, please leave us a positive review. And last but not least, the dusty old voicemail, 708 Lantern, 708 Lantern, and let us know what you think, which apparently is nothing right
0: now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, we don't have anything yet planned, right, for the next episode?
1: But Green Lanterns comes out next week, right?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. so
1: pro- let's tentatively plan for Green for the for the the, the latest two parts of the, the Green of Green Lantern. So I'll make sure I get my books on Wednesday next week, and then we can rec- and then we can, then we'll be able to record. I haven't even picked up the last the last issue yet, which which is kind of I might do that tomorrow because I know and it has Cyborg Superman in it, so that that alone, I mean. A full issue with Cyborg Superman, so that alone what makes it makes it interesting to me. So, but yeah, it's, I I say right now let's plan on doing the the two issues of Green Lanterns, and then we'll be down to the final two of that book next month.
0: Awesome. All right, guys, we'll talk to you later.
1: Good night, everybody. Good night.